Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about going back to school for athletic training, some online branding thoughts, and becoming a strength coach. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show. I am here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Mass. I'm here with Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly. I like this on both sides. This is kind of cool. Crisscross. Mix it up a little bit here. Sure. We again still, still don't have a student. I don't know who our C C C I I C C C I is. A C C A. Is that what it is? A C C A. Lenny's in charge of the students, and we've we we haven't had a student and given up months, according to the podcast. But anyway, thanks so much for joining us again. We got a bunch of great questions for you again today. Do us a big favor, subscribe and give us a nice rating on iTunes. Go to MikeReynolds.com and click on the podcast link and be sure to sign up. Uh, if you put your email in there, you get a bunch of great stuff. But I also send you a uh, notification anytime we have a new podcast, anytime we have a new blog article or anything like that. So be sure to do that for you. And I guess I'll read, I'll read questions first. Sure. We'll take turns again. Awesome. All right. Mine's. All right. First question. Jojo from the Philippines asks, I'm a licensed physical therapist who wants to work in professional sports someday. Do you think it'll be worth it for me to go back to school to take up a master's in athletic training to be an ATC? That's it. Okay, good. I thought there was another sentence. Sorry. Okay. All right. Good, Jojo. <laughs> I'm terrible at the question. Uh, um, all right. So you're a PT. You want to work in pro sports. You want to know if you should go back to get your ATC. I think the simple answer is just, do you want to be an athletic right. trainer your role. or do you want to be a physical therapist? Um, I think this day and age now, too, is we're getting a ton of physical therapists in professional sports. The NFL has it mandated that physical therapists have to be on staff. That's in their their collective bargaining agreement with the uh, players union. Um, and I'm sure that'll follow probably, to be honest with you, in other major sports. Um, so if you want to be a physical therapist in professional sports, I think you're there. Um, if you want to be an ATC, I think that's different. Um, having them, does it help? I don't know. What do you guys think? I would say yes. I think uh, I've never been in professional sports. You have. But I think the politics of having an athletic trainer slash PT dual We'll call it citizenship. We'll call it dual degree, <laughs> dual knowledge. Professional, even if yeah, even if it's just letters after your name, which it's not. I understand it's two different curriculums. I still think in this day and age, is still the thought that you this, the ATC is highly sought. PT is definitely too, but I think having the combo is going to make you more marketable and probably give you the advantage. Why? I just still still just think that teams still want that AT background that AT knowledge AT title and get the PT along with it I feel right. like it's they, they want to fill an athletic trainer spot with yes. a physical therapist yes. so somebody that does two things yes which is probably not the best move 
but no, but I, 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 and I did it. I was the assistant athletic yeah. trainer. I was the head athletic trainer at one point. I mean, I can I, I, I did fill athletic training roles, even though I was a physical therapist and, and I did both roles. And I will say that you should not do that. So if any, any front office yeah, people I are also listening, think historically, the people that I mean, you may know more than me about this, but historically, the people making the decision on who's hiring are ATs that have been in the position for a long time. And may have to bring a PT on because of a collective bargaining agreement. So they're right. going to probably want an AT that's also right. a PT. Somebody that can, that can do both. Right. So, so it sounds like it'll probably help you. I, I mean, I certainly think physical if you therapists have the time will. and money and all that. Yeah. 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 I agree that dancing in both is because I was kind of similar. Like when my SCS, I was going through this as I was getting exposure to the acute care stuff and the, I guess, ATC side of it. And I was like, I don't want to do both. You know what I mean? Because I feel like. Personally, I was finding they were asking me to be an AT role, and you you need to be very good at that thirty seconds. Should something really bad happen, right. like you need to be inside now. And, and I didn't feel confident enough in that. Right, but if, would, in your situation, yes. But if you're the team PT for a baseball team or a football team, you're probably not the one true that's running onto the field because true. somebody has a head injury. I think it's worth the financial <laughs> investment to have both. But really I think the hiring aspect of the politics Correct. are going to help you is my observation from a distance. So it might, might be a little easier to get your foot in the door because you're more versatile. You can serve a role as an right. assistant athletic Fatigue. trainer Correct. or be a physical therapist. So, you know, interesting. So, you know, food for thought, Jojo. Uh, so, all right, let's see. Next question is from Elliot from Cleveland. Um, I'm a third year PT student with dreams of opening a private practice one day. At what point along your journey did it become necessary for you to develop your own website and social media following? Is that something you started building up while you were with the Red Sox and smoothly transitioned when you went solo? Um, all right. So, when do you start your own website and social media following? I mean, I, I guess the question is, why do you do that, right? I think there's a difference between doing your own personal branding and social media following and website and one if you're trying to build a clinic. But, you know, the number one thing I think with a, a private practice when you get started is to obviously have people, you know, know you, like you, trust you, those types of things in terms of just external lead generation and marketing um, that if you have that established base, I think that's a little bit easier. So I don't know, Dave, you're kind of, you've, um, you worked, you know, as an, or you're an employee in that type system, but working on your personal branding so you're doing it first right, right. so like what, what are your thoughts i would say that i would agree there's two different reasons for why you started clinic versus branding so mine was for my own promotion of an awareness in a niche in gymnastics and trying to honestly just help people learn more about a unique thing that i have so mine started out just to help people but it turned into a, a brand and a business and a development but mine's very specific to a niche of gymnastics and it's only about content i'm not marketing my services i'm not like you know a clinic blah 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 so I would say that it's very helpful to get you uh, more well-known and to help a referral basis for me. But it's also, I find, helpful to just spread information and, and feel like people know that you exist and you're aware for a, a very specific population. Now, Len, you don't have a website. Right. You have a social media presence. Right. You don't have a website. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, it, it so depends on what you're trying to get out of what, you, what you, your goal is. If you're trying to sell a product and trying to make money off of it uh, or... Directly with a, like a, a, something that they could subscribe to, uh, like MikeRinald.com in the Inner Circle, or is it that you want to use that website to facilitate people to find it through search engine optimization and Google searches and everything else that'll get you clients in the clinic? Me personally, um, you know, I'm affiliated with MedBridge. Uh, Mike and I have a product out, the online knee seminar.com. Uh, 
So we kind of have that, but then I write, might write blog posts for the champion company, um, or, you know, help write journal articles for ASMI. And I just want to help the PT community. Right. And then by choice, it got my name out and now it's kind of snowballed. Like I just had an interest right. in research and clinical research yeah. and just my opinion on how I've treated patients or clients because I see stuff out there that I don't necessarily agree with. So I think my opinion is there for students and new PTs and other PTs to just kind of hear my voice. Right. So Lenny, Lenny has some branding and has some, some social media exposure without a website. Yeah. Um, Dave started with the website that no one knew existed. So if you, if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? Right. But has built it up. Right. We all did, you know, we all had, you know, first year was very. Yeah, it was amazing. Dead space. You, you write an article and 10 people read it. And, yeah, you know, what's funny is now you recycle those four years later and they do really well. I, right. I never recycle content. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> nope, terrible. Not that's, at all. You should, why would you do that? Yeah. I think it's just interesting. <laughs> and that's though. Mike three times a day physically posting all of them. The three of us are very extremes of how to handle social media and websites. Right. We, Good, better, best. <laughs> Honestly, you can almost think it like in some ways. Like, mine is okay. It's good. I'm not like, you know, push, forced to push content every week. I guess that's right. my choice. You don't have to. Um, I don't have to. No. And Dave is, some, he's doing daily, weekly mm-hmm. stuff. And then Mike is like, you know, one of the first ones. So he is constantly churning stuff out. Yeah, the, the moral story is multiple ways there's to get multiple there. Multiple ways to do it. Uh, exactly. And, but you, but, yeah. you, but you, you have to, you should start. And I think that's I, it. So you, you should start today. And I would say just starting a website is, is more for yourself than, than the people reading it. I've always and, said and it was more for me. And then I think you got to find your niche because everybody's putting content out. You have to be known maybe locally or in yeah. your website is you're putting a specific niche content piece out to help a specific group because if you get too too big – yeah, it's, it's too watered down. Right. If, if you just tough to manage if it. you're writing an article on knee anatomy, that's going to be so boring and diluted. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. Should you work on your niche or should you work on your niche? Niche. Why you eat niche? Quiche? Wow, it's not a kitsch. Are you baking a quiche? It's kit. Do you quiche. bake a quiche? Yes. All right. Third question. Let's go. <laughs> Good one, Elliot. Austin from New York. First off, I love the podcast. Thank you. And the new term, neurobiomechanical. Yes. Yes, we got a quote Trust on that. It. Let's submit that. Neurobiomechanical. Is that you? Neurobiomechanical. Is that you? That was me when I tried to explain uh, drawing needling effect. Neurobiomechanical. Uh, I'm, sure it'll, I'm, I'm sure it'll be in the scientific literature before long. All right, his question. Austin from New York. I'm a PT looking to further my education in the strength and conditioning world by pursuing either a CSCS or the CFSC certification. So that's a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the NSCS. And that's the CSCS or your CFSC, which is a certified functional strength coach through uh, Mike Boyle. Um, so um, I want to know what you guys recommended these two options and if there's much difference at all. Um, so I'll start off saying I've, I've seen some some content from both. Obviously, I am a CSCS. Um, one of our coaches at uh, Champion has gone through the CFSC because we we respect that material. And we think it's good. Um, I would say they're drastically different. They're completely different. The CSCS is very uh, academic, uh, very textbook based, understanding like you know the science and stuff like that. Where the CFSC is very functional, practical based. You know, learning coaching, learning you know how to how to build programs based on movement, and I guess let. Less scientific is not the right phrase, but I guess less. Different application. Less, so one's more like textbook, one's more like clinical. Right. Uh, the gold standard is still the CSCS. Um, I, I'm not sure the CFSC is, has gotten there or, 
or ever will. Uh, but the CSCS is the gold standard to become a strength coach. So I think if you're starting somewhere, I, I think I'd almost recommend you start with that and then maybe get your CFSC to be a better strength coach is how I would apply it. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel if I'm 100% sold on that. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm going through the CSCS stuff now and I feel like, again, it's a good base starting point. And I feel like the boil stuff would be an expansion of the basics and how to apply it with a population based on the, you know, the principles and the kind of common denominators of strength and conditioning. Um, and then I would say from there, you can evolve yourself into learning more about program design and things like that. Because CSCS stuff gives you a little bit of program design, but it's definitely, I don't think, enough yeah. to get like, in a, you know, in the trenches with a full-time load. So I would say start again, CSCS yeah. and work your way down. Yeah, they're very complementary. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not going over like the science of hypertrophy in the CFSC, you know, but you are in the CSCS. So yeah. um, I think both are definitely, like you said, is can do both, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Just, one than the other. Or, yeah. 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 I, I, but I think the gold standard in this industry <clears throat> is still the CSCS to say I'm a strength coach. Right. I think that would be, you know, the key. But so. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, great. Another good round of questions. We appreciate it. Uh, again, go to MikeRinald.com, sign up for our email list. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, and ask away. Click on that link to the podcast. Ask us some questions. Um, we're getting tons of great questions. So keep them coming and uh, we'll keep answering them. Uh, thanks so much. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.